0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 17 of the Isolated Ape podcast. Today, I've got another returning guest. I've got Rory and the Island. Uh, Rory was on previously, episode number eight, I believe. Um, But COVID-19 was fairly new at the time, and I think that's what we ended up talking about more than anything. So we wanted to, you know, a bit lighten the mood and and change it up a bit and talk about his music. So um, we had a chat around album names and how we came up with those, the ideas behind some of the songs. Um, And I think when you hear some of the, the reasons these songs were written. It gives you a, a different view on the song. So uh, very interesting. Um, we also chat about the days when he was in the revs and how big they actually got and uh, you know the awards that they were kind of nominated and, and received, um, nominated for and received, and also then kind of fanboy moments. Um, there's been a couple. Um, so really good uh, crack having a good chat with Rory again. Um, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um Also, we touch on a few times he has these zoom geeks that has uh, has been a great idea in my opinion um so obviously it's going to be a while before any of us can get to see him gig again um but you can you know if a lot of house parties are happening over uh zoom and and different applications that are available now and uh you know rory's available to come and join in and, and sing a few songs and you get to pick the playlist that you like and um yeah really really cool idea i think is adapting really well to the current situation um so yeah anyone interested in that hit him up on his social media Uh, And he'll get back to you uh, fairly quickly and sort out a date and a time that works for both of you. So, um, again, I'll stop rambling. I hope you really enjoyed the podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. And uh, catch you all soon. Peace. and we're off there we go so welcome back uh this week i've got rory back with me um how are you doing mate i'm very good thanks for having me back oh no delighted to have you back mate. and uh um yeah a returning guest I've had a couple of returning guests now um but I think since the last time we spoke um the podcast has kind of grown significantly mate to be fair um it, it's going in a good place and um delighted to have you back and and I think we would kind of previously discussed that this time we'll we'll maybe steer away from just a pure covid-19 conversation yeah, and lovely, lovely. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah we'll stay away from that and and we'll dive into into the kind of music and 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 a bit of a background into where some of the tracks have come from and things like that so um but before we do that kind of how have you been how how any kind of news i know there's been a bit of news over the last few weeks for you since we last spoke um how's, well, how's things what's the story with the bar
1: yeah it just looks like um we've more or less in our minds decided that we're we're, we're not going to f- it's not that we've given up on it but it's just that every week that goes by because it's a city center property we get charged ridiculous rent and yeah, um, yeah, you know, the everything was kind of worded it, it seemed very friendly at the start but when you actually look at the word frozen not written off you know so all is happening is every, everybody's renter are being frozen so all of a sudden if things return to normality and at christmas or whatever uh, it's just going to be everybody getting hit by a 50 grand bill you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and you have yeah. To, you've got to splice it out then over the space of the year with a solicitor and you know but you are only be paying an extra maybe 700 quid a week possibly so i'm just kind of going you know the best thing to do is hand back the keys and then try and get in at the auction stage when everything's reopened again and yeah, see if we yeah, can yeah, get the yeah. exact same place back. But you know, it's just um, a calculated risk or a calculated gamble. You know, it's just, there's no point. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I think it's going to be up and running again in August. But even if it is, I can't see how that's going to work in a sweaty live music venue. You know, what What you want to. People, people drinking a lot, moving up with each other, having the crack dance. And I just I can't see that coming back until there's a vaccine. So
0: you know yeah i think i think in fairness kind of that that scene and that kind of trade is probably going to be the longest affected um unfortunately for for us and and you you know and 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 more you than us but i mean even going back into pubs and going to gigs which you know me and sarah that's a big passion of ours but um you know i can't see anything like that happening anytime soon unfortunately um Mm -hmm. but on the flip side of that we can have you in our living rooms right that's right yeah i just um it was one of those where i had a really bad
1: two weeks you know of just thinking what the hell have i managed to choose the worst career in
0: the world you know like, what, well what for we COVID covid19 do? pandemic possibly mate but in general no i wouldn't say so
1: <laughs> what are we going to do for the next year and a half type thing you know so i had been doing the, the sunday evening gigs uh, on facebook live with a tip jar and um the first week i did it i thought oh my god this is the future you know with just great tips coming in and then every week it just got less and less but that's only natural because it's the same, you know, six, seven hundred people probably tuning in, and I don't expect people to drop a fiber in every time. So, you
0: know, do you yeah. know what Rory? We were chatting there the other day. Me and Sheila, Sarah's man, were like, you know, I've thrown a couple of quid in, and then she threw a couple of quid in, and then I'll do it this week, and they'll, do, you know, because yeah. uh, for me, like, I, I, I wouldn't want to how can I put this now I wouldn't want to offend someone by throwing two quid into it right that's how I see I think the effort you put in is worth more than two quid right but then if I throw in you know a tenner every week it uh, and and you're probably well aware like you know it it, everyone's affected by this financially so you know every couple of weeks I think like for me I'll throw a larger amount in every couple of weeks rather than a smaller amount I think it just it makes me feel better which is yeah, no benefit to you really like but <laughs> never
1: expect, you know um because i've been playing for years now in, in pubs for free and it's only every so often i would do a tour and charge a tenner in so i almost feel bad you know like um because it's not really a live music experience as it should be either you know it's more of a digital television format so you know um and it's not as personal as it as it could be and that's why the zoom thing kind of hit me i was like hang on a second you know I can't get through all these requests and people wanted to be more personal. And I was thinking, what if, you know, if there's six different families on Zoom and they they know the songs, they know the albums and uh, they want to have a good night. And, you know, maybe they have a three hour Zoom session, but for a half an hour of that they invite me in for fifty quid, which is like, you know, six, seven quid each at the most. Yeah, yeah. But they have total control of the eight or nine songs and we have a bit of crack in between and they can ask me any questions about them and it's been working great, you know, and every Saturday is gone now, like um, three hours worth from from eight until 11 every Saturday until June the 6th, which is
0: great. You know, amazing, amazing. Yeah. So that could be a real game changer for you going forward. I really think you could.
1: I think so. And and, and a, a lot of other musicians as well. I think once they actually hone in on this, you know, um, people that I would idolize, you know, you might get lucky and, you know, you might get bigger names doing it for like 150 quid where you would say to like 10 of your friends, "She's let's get this guy, you know, say that used to be in. Um, I don't know the Kaiser Chiefs or you know things I guess you know yeah yeah, because for somebody to do a half an hour you know from their from their living room for like 400 quid or whatever no matter how big you are it's hard to turn that kind of money down when there's nothing else
0: happening you know yeah 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 no doubt no doubt no it's uh I'm really impressed with the idea I think it's really good um and uh are you is it just Saturday night are you open to doing other nights if everyone's booked now on a Saturday you can do a Friday you can do a Thursday right (laughs) everybody seems to be going
1: quite religiously to a Saturday it's it's weird I think you know the old fashioned uh, format is still there for people that Saturday night is the big night but probably has a lot to do with you know that there probably still is like 30 percent of people working and then there could be 80 percent of people homeschooling so you know it's, Saturday night is the, still a blowout night you know I think um, I've got in a few Thursdays for half an hour Fridays half an hour here and there and, and that's all I need I mean if I could just get a dignified 400 quid a week that's the way i look at it and that will keep the wolves away from the door during this time that's all i want
0: perfect perfect yeah yeah no it's um it's a great idea and something that i again chatting to to our kind of family group and family gang um you know it's something that we're 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 certainly trying to figure out a day and a time that we can suggest to you that you that that we can get you involved you know or, or get you on because um like you say and again we were talking about music there and and the songs and the requests that you get and um obviously for the likes of myself and Sarah and, and Paul, we've got our favorites of yours, but, and, and, you know, then there's, there's other songs that we've probably heard a thousand and two times now, because we've worked in the bars that you play in, you know? Um, and then it's the, is the, and, and it's the more obscure or, or less kind of requested songs that we might want to listen to as well, do you know? So it, yeah. it suits everyone. It's great. Um, so yeah, yeah, fingers crossed that all goes well for you, man. And, and again, um, Anyone listening, how do they contact you? Is it just through social media, just hit you, you up? Just
1: go on to Rory on the Island. If you Google that, you'll get my, um, you know, the website or you'll get Facebook and just message me through any of those really, and uh, I'll be straight on to you.
0: Happy days. Happy days. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of like, like you know, I, I want to kind of have a little chat around your music, um, and, and the origins of songs. And, and I know, I know the, the kind of story behind a couple of the songs that I think when people hear the story and then they listen back to that song, will have a totally different idea of, of what it's about. Um, and then things like about your album names and where they, they came from. I remember the first, when I first moved to Lanzarote or Maybe when I was first introduced to yourself, I might have been in Lanzarote, just off my box for a couple of years before I even came into Charlie's mate. In all honesty, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but the uh, the the first album that I saw and, and really clocked and 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 loved the sound of was the God Bless the Big Bang. Um, how did you come up with that name? Obviously, I, I get the reason for the name and and the quirkiness within the name. Um, how did you come up with that?
1: Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, it's something that's always fascinated me. You know, I've always, I've always read about um, just the, the conflict between religion and science, you know. And uh, it's that kind of thing where even though I don't believe in God, I would still be a spiritual person, if that makes any sense. You know, I think a lot of people are like that these days where yeah. I, I do feel like there's a bigger entity there. There's something else there. It might not involve us coming back in another in another lifetime or, you know, going to heaven or anything like that. But there is something else bigger there that's, that's obvious, you know. Uh, and you know, a lot of people would refer to that as God, you know, and that's, but, you know, obviously, like they can trace back, you know, carbon printing, all that, see if they can see how far back carbon dating went, you know, where there definitely was some kind of a big explosion and all this started. So I just thought it'd be funny to mix the religious, you know, God with, you know, the Big Bangs with just God bless the Big Bang. And it didn't make like, an Irish thing as well, you know, God bless you, you know, God, yeah, God bless yeah, the Big yeah. Bang. Thank God for yeah,
0: it. Yeah, no. And I tell you what, when I heard when when I first saw it and and that really kinda of caught 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 me kind of attention, you know, because of the 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 kind of the play on the words. Um and the other album album cover, uh, great drawing on it, I believe. Uh who did the drawing for Antidepressant mm-hmm. and Uncle Hope?
1: That's right. Yeah, I, I ran a competition for um Antidepressant and Uncle Hope. And uh, it was a couple of schools did it and there was a little guy in Dublin, Tig O'Comin, I think his name was or Tig. Oh god, I must actually check the I've got so many people on Facebook with the he name. He won't I, be you so know. little now, will he? But, but yeah, no. He, well, what age is he now? It's since 2011, so yeah, geez, he would be like 15, 16 now. <laughs> so take if you're listening, I'm still not giving you any copyright. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but again, another great name, um, just to play on the antidepressant, which, which you know. Um, You know, and then the Uncle Hope on the back end of it, and and again uh, when that came out, I was I was loving the play on words and and how that worked, and I think on a couple of you you, am I right in saying on that track there's a couple of songs that or on the album there's songs relating uh, to kind of mental health issues and challenges and things like that. Is that right?
1: Yeah, completely. I mean, that was another thing. It's almost um, it's funny you say it. You know, just placing ideas in my head, but when I think about it, that that title in a strange way has got to do with science and religion as well because. as you know, I had a, I was out of my box a lot myself and uh, <laughs> you know, maybe life got on top of me and you know, things from the past got on top of me and I just had a little bit of a meltdown and um, the only way to get through it really was antidepressants, you know, that was the fight. The so I was on them for a, a couple of months, but I realized that it was, um, everything started to feel a little bit bubbly, you know, like, a, like a, you're inside a bubble, you know, and uh, it didn't feel like there was any uh, ups or downs or um, it wasn't proper life, you know, and it's, even though it was, nice, yeah, yeah. it was nice, it was sedate, but it was like, I, I kind of went, you know something, fuck it, I'm going to chance it and go back on the roller coaster. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try the ups and downs again, because, uh, you know, without downs, there's no hope, you know. It so was, it was like that antidepressant was killing the the hope, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, know, yeah. So it's, it, and. That's probably what it was, really. It was just, you know, antidepressant Uncle Hope. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, again, another clever one. And, and you've kind of, I'm not going to say the person's name because I'm not sure if they'd want me to, right? But I was speaking to someone the other day about uh, depression and antidepressants came up. And the way that they did, the reason they came off the antidepressants at the time was they just didn't feel like they were feeling anything. And they yeah. went on a holiday and they went on the largest roller coaster in Europe ironically felt felt fucking nothing
1: yeah.
0: you know n- <laughs> no scream no buzz, no excitement and they were like this isn't you know yes it's stopping me feeling the downs but i'm not feeling any of the ups as well you know
1: exactly.
0: Um, yeah yeah so um that that was the reason they came off them so i suppose kind of the ups and downs are needed didn't they you know if you yeah, don't have the, the point downs point you don't have like, the ups.
1: You know, yeah i suppose though my, you know my mind and body and system probably did need that two months of bubble hibernation, you know, to Hmm. get the balls to go, okay. But I know it's just, I can see why a lot of people, you know, you see these Californian housewives, they just, they go on them for a little while, a Prozac or whatever, and all of a sudden, it's like six, seven, eight years, and they don't really know how to get back, you know? So I think, um, you you know, I would never give the advice, you know, I don't want to frighten anybody, but, um, you know, if you feel a little bit comfortable, then it's time to think, well, you know, you're not meant to feel like Pink Floyd, you're not meant to be comfortably numb, you know it's like you're meant yeah. to feel shit sometimes and you've got to deal with that you
0: know yeah 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 there you go there you go a bit of advice for people and and uh, uh, you know coming from experience as well so uh listen people listen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um in turn, let, let's go back back um i know that both of your parents are musicians right um and and your brothers a musician as well so you come from a musical family is Has that always been the way in your household is everyone just dived into the music is it an extended thing further than your kind of mother and father into aunties and uncles and things yeah.
1: like that yeah it would be a, like, both musical families the gallagher's and the canons you know it's always been like a it's just always been there like from the word go. like my uncles would have played in bands around ireland and aunties and um yeah and, and it's weird because it didn't it, like my grandfather on the canon side would have played in uh, the pipe band would have played bagpipes and but apart from that you know on the other sides though you know my my grandmother on the other side would have actually actually played the organ in the cinema in Killybegs. You know, ah, back in those days oh. the path, path yeah, yeah. so she would have done the organ parts in the in the cinema. Uh, but yeah, it um, you know it, it just gradually grew and grew to to the point where like we've become two big musical families, I suppose in in Donegal. You know, and um, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. But I never. Uh, it, it's weird because it's not that you know I, I feel bad, but but I never really had a. Not that I had a choice, but like it just it seemed to always be there so much that like, you know, once I found things getting tricky, you know, education wise, I went, ah, pfft, I've always got music, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it probably, you know, it might have held my mind back in certain ways, you know, because you, you can fall into it, you know, even though you put in hours of rehearsal, it's a lot easier when it's in you. You know, you, you are, you're born with certain genetics that, that do go towards a talent of sport or football or academia. And, you know yep. i think obviously you can work on your craft you know you, you're, you can't just you know be born lionel Messi. you know you have to put in the hours of training but uh, i think there's certain advantages you know, you know it's terrible to say it but like you know certain people might put in three hours of practice uh but if you're from a musical family, you might only have to do 40 minutes and you'll get the same results. You
0: know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember years ago, and and someone said it to me, and it's a kind of mantra or a, a theory that I've kind of carried with me that, you know, some people are very sporty, right? They, I, I would be a sporty kind of person. I can pick up most sports fairly handy, right? And then you could ask, you know, two people to draw a picture, and, you know, one might do a stick man, and one will do this beautiful artwork. But the people who do the beautiful artwork are probably good at making sculptures as well as drawing with a pen or a pencil um and then musicians you know if you're musical you i know you play drums you play guitar you play i remember obviously we go back quite a while now rory i remember once you got uh i think it was either christmas or his birthday my oldest fellow noah um you and Cara got him a little xylophone and when you gave it to him, i think it was his birthday and you just gave it to him start playing happy birthday on the xylophone and i was like some people have just got it you know it's it's one <laughs> of those kind of you know it, it, it it's in you or it's not um and I think, like, I remember years ago speaking to someone about yourself who was from Donegal, and I was like, oh, I've got a friend from Donegal, and he's a musician, Rory in the Island, Rory Gallagher. Oh, yeah, Mary B and Paulson, yeah. And I was like, okay. And they were like, yeah, yeah, his mum and dad are probably more famous in Donegal than he is. This was back now multiple years ago, you know. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it, it's definitely uh, – you, you can definitely practice, but I think it's a nurture thing as well, you know. I think it's, it's within you if it's within you, you know. And, yeah.
1: I think though that definitely have a lot more respect for, um, you know, people like say Roy Keane, where uh, he, he wouldn't have had the same talent as say um, I'm just trying to think I of a, a skillful. No, 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 more like a say like a guy like Mark Kennedy that would have had all the talent in the world, mm-hmm. or, or Aidan McGeady, but just never put in the work, you know. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. Aiden McGeady, you know, would have put in the twenty minutes. Roy Keane would have put in the three hours and became better than them. So that can happen as well. But, like, there's lots of talented musicians out there. That just um, don't seem to have ever honed the craft or honed the, you know, the workload. So it, it, I would always like to think that, like, what's given me the edge, you know, where I would have a slightly bigger following, a lot of people, is that I do work really, really hard, you know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. For morning, morning till night, you know, I, I don't really go to bed happy unless I kind of go. Uh, well, at least I did those two or three things today that was on the list, you know
0: yeah 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 yeah, and i fully agree it goes i think we all know probably two or three fellas that were decent ballers as a kid that never made it because they you know they had all the talent in the world but they got to 14 15 and and girls and drink and that kind of take them away you know it's 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 the, the dedication that goes with it right yeah yeah and um Back to the Revs then, Rory, with with the Revs. When did that start for you, mate? What kind of, How old were you when you joined that band or, or formed that band or how did that form in the first place?
1: Um, I suppose that would have formed really, you know, I felt like I was doing the pubs by myself uh, around that age, around 19, 20 years old, and I, I was kind of thinking, you know, to, I need to get, you know, an edge here. And obviously when you're young as well, you kind of like to be in a team. You know, it's like a, a, you want to be in a gang, you know, so uh, we had done like a band called Bulb before, but it was more like a, you know, cousins in a school type situation. And uh, you know, I, I was kind of like, you know, I'd like to get back to that again, and I want the music to be louder. I didn't feel like I was ready for like when I was twenty nine; I was so ready for just acoustic music, bongos that type thing. But at that age, at that stage, it was like, you know, I would like to give that Nirvana sound a shot, that loud rock and roll. Why not? I'm young, you know. And uh, Michael, it was in the Mickey D, uh, and he was. I just said to him, "Do you know of any?" musicians would be on the same wavelength same age that we could do something together and he goes well i played in norway with this guy john for a week uh you know he was like called over to do session work in an irish bar and he goes he's re- his father's from the area in Donegal, and uh, he's just really really talented and looks the part and you know all this so i was like okay yeah, yeah. so we uh we, we just got together one evening in my attic in Kilcar, turned everything up full went for it and within 15 minutes we were all looking at each other going woof you know could be onto awesome. something here yeah, and then yeah, yeah. can we do it again tomorrow you know, and that's always a sign it's like couldn't wait to get back the next day and all of a sudden we were uh, it was quite weird because I, I had like a full summer almost of gigs booked under my acoustic act and i had to then go back to the pub managers and say listen you know i meant to do this for 150 quid if you give me 200 quid there's a three-piece band and they were like okay but didn't mention to them We're working on mostly all of our own music, so everybody was coming in expecting like acoustic versions of Black Velvet Band and all this kind of thing. And all of a sudden, it was like you know, brand new, you know, US punk influenced loud music (laughs) chasing half the bar. So we lost loads of the gigs, you know. So we had to go there and play gigs for nothing up in Dublin, and that's really the way that you cut your teeth, you know, just playing on these bills where there's like six bands on, and we would have been second. And we drove the whole way from donegal and just got money for, for fuel really, and uh, you know. And we entered a competition uh, that was sponsored by Hot Press Magazine, and we won it uh, as total outsiders. And that, that really gave us the launch then as the revs. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: yeah. yeah. And you went on to big things. I mean, you won awards and you were, uh, you know, a, or a, did I see a, you You and you two were in for the same category or something along that line? Is that correct? Is that Am I making yeah, that up yeah. or?
1: Yeah, they, um, we were in five categories along with them and they won them all, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Irma Awards. Uh, but like, it was really strong year. Like Ash were in there as well. And, um uh, rice relish and, you know, the scene was really strong. Then for, for, for us to be competing at that level was amazing. You know, and we won the best newcomer that year. And then, um, following year we were in with you two again for best live act and, you know, with two or three really strong industry years as they call them you know and uh you two actually came out after the first one and they just seen us playing live and they were like um you know the only young band we're interested in at the minute in ireland is the revs you know so when larry mullen the drummer you two said that all of a sudden we went up another couple of notches in the media and then we started touring australia and we got the viper room in los angeles and yeah it was just a, a crazy couple of years
0: and what was the highlights of that? I mean, kind of is is was there any musicians or, or people that you managed to meet or or play with, or I suppose in general along along the whole of your career, what's been the kind of highlights in terms of people that you've met and managed to kind of work with?
1: Um, I suppose uh, a really nice producer that we worked with was uh, Nick Seymour, the bass player of Crowded House. Uh, he he was really nice to work with, and you know, I always loved Crowded House's music as a teenager. It was like a guilty pleasure when I was pretending to listen to Metallica <laughs> and, uh, I would have um, really enjoyed playing Slain Castle before the Counting Crows and Stereophonics that was huge for us you know just walking out on an icon- iconic stage and seeing the, the tower at the corner of your eye and, uh, and then um, I suppose like playing the Viper Room was, was really cool you know because that was just only a couple of years after River Phoenix died in there and it was like right. when we played in there Jack Osborne was in there with his posse and you know, just loads of film producers, and it was just a different world. And, getting to, you know, we were staying in um, the Wyndham Bellage. We, we had been upgraded, like, by uh, this solicitor from Texas and uh, this lawyer. He was actually Kirk Cobain's lawyer, and he wanted to sign us uh, some way. And he, uh, we were meant to be staying, like, in a little one star motel outside LA. And he went, No, 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 no way. I won't fuck. That's not fucking happening. And he, and he put us in the Wyndham Bellage beside Halle Berry and Gary Busey. They were in the same <sighs> apartment. They the same wow. Apartment penthouse and i was like holy shit you know so little things like that they're just like surreal moments you know and, yeah um, yeah
0: yeah. i'll stay yeah. with you
1: forever right yeah and being able to like go over and record in the, the cardigan studio in sweden and malmo you know and then they were in studio a we were in studio b and just having lunch with them every day and you know i, I would loved the cardigans music growing up as well so lots of little things like that you know
0: class class happy out and "Wire to the moon is is probably the song that 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 I personally, from from your revs days, would be the 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 kind of the. Am I right in saying that's that that was the revs rather than just you solo, right?
1: Well, that's the revs. Yeah. Well, I'd written the the verses in the middle eight and stuff like that before the revs, but then uh, you know when we all started playing it really loudly, and uh, we realised like I think we just started shouting. I don't know who started shouting, going whoa whoa it was so loud you know we kind of went well that's the chorus anyway so you know <laughs> it was a combined right and uh yeah so uh, it's a shame though because uh, not that it's a shame you know it was our, our biggest hit but we hadn't really developed as a band at that stage so it was really kind of based on the blink 182 some 41 you know green day almost too much especially even the, the production in the video whereas like secretly we were all probably more into um you know the beatles and uh you know, we would have been into, like, The Clash and, I don't know, more, more kind of, uh, vintage rock. And, uh, you know, it just it came across a little bit more um, Red Bull and Skittles than we would have wanted. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> it still get asked for all the time, though, right? It's still probably one of the one of the most most requested songs that you have uh, from... Of kinda...
1: like I really enjoy playing it. You know, it's just, it's a it's a really good feel-good tune, you know, but I think, you know, uh, t- to break through properly as a band, especially in those days, you needed to be more backed by the critics, you know, so they would have been more into bands like writing slightly more intense, darker stuff, you know, like Kasabian and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was uh it was it was great and bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I find like a, you know um, um and like we've we've previously discussed. There's a few songs here I'd like to kind of touch on and 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 hear about the background from it. But I know that there's there seems to be a couple of sides to you. There's there's the emotional and and, and open and honest side. But then you don't mind having a bit of a laugh and taking the piss as well, right? Um, which is great. I mean, how did you get the how did Wired to the Moon come about? What was the the kind of thoughts behind it? And did you have a girlfriend who was a fucking nut job or what?
1: yeah loads, yeah. <laughs> <I> still do.
0: <laughs> you, you married her?
1: <laughs> no, it's just uh, it was one of those great terms that was going around at the time. You know, oh, you know, jeez, don't speak to her; she's wired to the fucking moon. You know, don't speak to him; he's wired to the fucking moon. So I was like, why is this not in a song? You know, it's just a, such a great lyric. You know, so I kind of, kind of based it around that lyric, and um yeah, it was nothing, nothing overly deep. You know, I just I kind of wanted to make it sound like a real college. Type thing like Weezer, those those kind of songs were I was dropping in lines like um, local university studying philosophy communism, but you know just to throw in little things where it like would mix with the college crowd that were my age at the time, you know where it wasn't just lovey dovey or you know just silly funny that it was like there's words in it where people would go oh you know these
0: these guys have a something there you know you know what, it's funny but it's it's funny because it's true do you know that way I think that's a lot of the time people laugh when they can look at it and go geez yeah that that definitely happened in my time or you know um, <laughs> yeah 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 um another one of the 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 songs that I I wrote down and and again a bit more of the not comedy but you know um having a bit of a laugh at society and stuff is the power trip advisor um <laughs> is, is that from your Lanzarote days or was it uh, was it oh, from look, before uh,
1: then uh, that was from the island bar we um the, just after about 3 months it just went so well uh, online that we we slipped into number one on TripAdvisor and, uh, you know, that's generally like the kiss of death. We were there for about four or five years, but because we were, we were the target. It was like, you know, who do they think, who do they, think they are? How good are they really, you know? And we would get yeah, loads of people yeah. coming in and writing um, just ridiculous things. And I used to have great fun just writing back to them. And it was around that time as well where people would go, you know, can I get an extra shot with that, you know, or I'm going to give you a bad review on TripAdvisor. So people were kind of power tripping off the fact they could, destroy your business with one star or make people question, you know. So I just thought it's such a ridiculous thing, you know, that there's this open forum with no censorship or no like, uh, you know, just morons thinking that they're journalists, you know. So I would just uh, just decided to write a a song and destroy them.
0: (laughs) Fair play. And you did. And you did. do you know what my favorite song is now? Now I've got a couple of a couple of, uh, of, of favorites of yours. Uh, Champagne Lifestyle, so uh, Coca-Cola Wages is one. Um, big fan of that one. Um, I think my favorite one is Mad Dog Call. And I remember the first time that you played it, the first time I heard it, I think you'd only played it a couple of times. Maybe it was in the Crack and Cure that you, yeah. that you, you, you played it. And, and we were outside after smoking and, and having a chat. And, and it, I said it really reminded me of kind of the Bob Dylan storytelling type vibe yeah. to it you know um how did you find out about mad dog call i don't need to like i think the song is fairly self-explanatory of what it's about right <laughs> you know it's uh yeah. it, it pretty much tells you everything you need to know about the character but how did you find out about this character
1: uh it was actually john from the the revs his father uh, from glenn Colum kill and donny gall and he was always like just a very interesting man who always of these weird quirky stories in his head you know and he said uh we were probably talking about gangsters or scarface or something like this and he just said you know well, have you ever heard of um vincent mad dog Call from johnny he became a big gangster in new york and i was like no and i was only about maybe 22 years old and he was telling me this so it always kind of stuck with me that so weird that this guy from an area that we knew that went over to america you know at the age of four or five and just became this huge horrible gangster you know in that scene of you know boardwalk empire and uh yeah so then you know it kind of as you say like i had I, I really wanted to write it like um, the story of the hurricane, you know, that where there's like, just make it as factual as possible. All the verses, you know, this is the story of the hurricane. And, and so I'm just kind of going to go the story of Mad Dog Call, just based it around that format, you know, of, of, yeah, the, yeah. Brilliant, the brilliant Bob Dylan, you know, he did, he did all the blueprint for me and I just filled in the spaces with my own ideas and cards and then uh, yeah. and, and the story. And uh, yeah, it's one of those as well. It's like, you know, it, because he still has relations in that area, there's certain people that hate that song and hate me for doing it, you know, and I've kind of been jarred up once or twice by drunk people that wanted to
0: to fight me about it, you know? So, wow. Yeah. yeah. Just for telling the story. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, yeah. 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 You didn't make him do that. You know that, right? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't
1: make him do a drive by shooting where he killed the kids. That was not my fault. You know?
0: yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just relaying the info. Yeah. Don't shoot the messenger in, in the fullest. Um Yeah. No. And, and, uh, Noah and Cohen um, love that song, mate. They love the story behind it, and I think because of the age they're at, and you know, this mean mean woman took him in, and they're like, "Geez, we're very lucky." And and Noah's <laughs> openly said that to me, you know, and and how how reality yeah. now is, uh, you know, we've we've got a good life, and it could be worse. But um, yeah, bang bang shotgun. You hear the kids singing that around now when uh, <laughs> when it comes on, they love it. They love it. Yeah. Um, I want to go now on to. Again, a, a massively requested song and I know this has got a story behind it and I hope it doesn't kinda you know, I'm sure you're okay to talk about it, but but the song Waterfall, I think when people hear the story behind this may well look at this song differently. Um are you okay to talk about it Are you are you alright, happy yeah, to, to yes, chat about it?
1: Yeah, no problem. Yeah. It's um well it was it was written, I suppose the, the funny thing about it was it was written around the time a friend of mine drowned. Um he was a classmate of mine called Jonathan Bradley. And he was on uh, work experience over in Florida, uh, doing a course, and he was working. And he, I think he just had too much to drink, and he couldn't swim. And nobody heard him, and he, and he fell into the swimming pool at the back of the apartments, you know, and uh, drowned. So, uh, you know, for for us to get that news, and, and weirdly, that news came through to us at, on St Patrick's Day, you know, in uh, it was it would have been 1998, you know, and for us to hear that in the pub, and we're all there anyway, and it was just like, oh my god, and, you know, we got so. We've got so drunk that day, you know, just that, you know, when you're really dealing with grief, like a friend gone and probably wrote some more of the words, maybe scribbled them down that evening. And uh, but didn't realize really that, you know, it's not really about Jonathan totally. It's about myself as well, you know, and how I was how I was feeling, you know. And um, but the fact that he was such a messer, he was a great guy, you know, I, I think that's why people like it. It goes. Some of the lyrics are strange, you know, it's like I know I'll have a ball. You know, and what I was thinking with that is, like, uh, no matter where he goes, if there's an afterlife or not, or, what, you know, he was just one of these who's up for the crack, you know? So that's why, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's nice when things are bittersweet, but they're not just one-dimensional. If you throw in a little bit of um, shade and light, you know, people mm. respond more to that rather than just total, you know, wishy-washy
0: downer, you know, yeah, if it yeah. makes any sense, you know? Yeah, no, of course, of course. And, and you know, the... Uh, um. I'm not waving out, I'm drowning, that, that kind of line. I remember a, a while back there was a hip-hop artist that was doing a tour, and it was the same line. I don't know if you remember, I tagged you in it, and I was like, okay. have you seen this? It, it, was, uh, it was a strange one to see that and go, "Geez, I wonder if he's listened to Rory's song. I wonder if he got that from that. <laughs> um, who knows? Was- that line is
1: from, that line's from an old poem. I think it's from uh, Robert Frost. Ah, uh, okay. So it's from an old poem from the 1920s or 30s. I can't remember who it was now, but it's, it's actually called Not Waving But Drowning the name of the poem so i took that from you know and it, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's about somebody that's trying to um, communicate with somebody else uh, you know but they're not uh trying to say hello they're trying to say help me you know
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah like a lot of people with depression
0: you know yeah yeah that's it it's uh it's a great line great song real real emotional and again like i think when people now realize that there's a bit of a story behind it and it i think they'll look at it differently um i certainly did once i'd found out kind of the meaning of the song and or oh, some of the reasons that it was written you know um yeah. I, I certainly look at it in a different way um cool I'd, and and then another couple of songs that yeah well crazy horse hotel
1: <laughs> that one yeah i don't actually play that one much anymore i should really no no
0: all, yeah little- it was, it was today or, or the, the last couple of days when I said to you I'd like to go through a few of the songs, I was like, I'm going to try and dig out some that are not just the regulars that people hear. And and I remember you playing it in Charlie's Bar and I remember that, you know, but I was like, geez, I've not heard this in a while. So so I wonder if there's a story behind this one.
1: Yeah, that one actually is a great story. I should play it more to do a little bit of boasting. But it was uh, the time that, um, in Charlie's when, when Barry, the owner, used to get over different big Irish artists, you know, like um, every couple of months, you'll remember there used to be like Monday... Sharon Shannon Asland and, and, yeah, yeah and, and Bar Fury came over after Damian Dempsey and Binbar Fury and uh, he was in the first night and, and really enjoyed my my set which was a, an honor you know and said it to me afterwards and he goes oh he goes I've got these lyrics scribbled down uh, I'm not going to probably use them I, I can't really make any beat with them or anything if you want to take them and it was crazy horse hotel written out completely two verses two choruses and I was like wow so I just um probably the next day I was so excited I sat down with it and tried to get the, the feeling of, of the beat that was within the lyrics and uh, I picked out that you know that I felt like that was the Book up in the back. you know. I, I felt that was the flow of it, so I, I played it to him at night. and He was like, Wow, that's fantastic! You, you can keep that. He goes, uh, don't worry about any percentages or anything. So, what a gentleman, you know. What gin!
0: He was a gin, still owes me 50 quid for a bag of weed, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, you not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, those are those are good days because his son came over as well. Young Finbar came over, didn't he? And he yeah. worked in Charlie's, and he's and uh, yeah. yeah, he's doing amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. got some really cool stuff. Um i remember because he was over in toronto um i think he's back in ireland now um but yeah most certainly some of his his work is is unbelievable um i saw a couple of bits on instagram and then started following and got in touch and he was like gee i didn't think he'd remember me to be fair like you know but he did and uh (laughs) yeah no he's uh, uh he's doing big things as well which is great um another song that i know has a bit of kind of uh, a connection to, to another well-known person, a uh, famous sporting person would be the fighting Irish song that you did for Jason Quigley. Um, yeah. How that, did. That, yeah.
1: That, how, that's a weird one that, because it's not actually, I never play it because it's not really a, a song. He, um, he more or less said to me, oh, I'll be, be great crack. If you could do a ring, a ring walk for me, you know, there's the way that he put it, you know, so leaving the, the dressing room or whatever they call it, the changing room, the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, Just obviously like the boxer walks out through the crowd. They've got this big one minute of music. So I kind of decided like, well, you know, if you're trying to get through a crowd, it's like make way, you know, make way for the Fightin' Irish because Fightin' Irish is a big term in the USA where he was based and just kind of came together quite quickly. You know, and then I threw it around like um, Rap the Green Flag was an old trad tune. I used to play that in the Kalkara Pipe Band and I always loved it. I thought it was a very strong melody. So. I put that with it, and uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden uh, it started doing really well on YouTube, and even Donegal Radio, things like that. and And it's weird because um, as a songwriter, it's not really a a song. It sounds more like an ad, if you know what I mean. Is it?
0: <laughs> and how did how did I mean? Would you have known Jason before? Kind of boxing for him or was it just the fact that you got two well-known people from Gall, and he was a fan of your music and wanted to to you to, to do this for him how did you originally kind of link up
1: it was just just after he won the silver medal uh in the in the boxing uh championships the world championships he was in the island bar he was on holiday with his girlfriend okay. april and uh they were sitting up the front and i didn't know who he was uh terrible with, my, with me uh without my glasses so the, i just knew there was this really enthusiastic guy up the front you know clapping and cheering and uh after the gig he was he kind of pulled me aside he went uh ah, that was great you know um uh, uh jason Quigley and i was like no way you know because i'd only really i kind of turned almost fanboy because i'd only seen him the odd time on the television and you know and on uh, you know his massive following on twitter or whatever and i was like wow i was like Jesus well, did you enjoy it? you know and i always like Probably better that I didn't know that he was right up the front because I would have been a balls of the gig, you know, but yeah. <laughs> it's such, such a natural gig. And he goes, oh, you know, I love the music. He goes, um, Jimmy's going to match his mat on call, all that. You know, I was like, cool. And then uh, he was like, you know, do you want to meet up for a drink or anything tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I met up with him and uh, we actually just did a little drive around Lanzarote and look, so I had so much of the him to famara and uh Caesar oh, yeah. and all, the, yeah. all the other usual haunts that are slightly off the map
0: you know and uh, take anyone to Famara, mate and they're going to love you forever
1: great isn't it yeah so uh, i went up up there and uh, and then that evening he just said you know well you know you've done the Jimmy's winning matches for the gaelic team so you know you're going to have to do one for me now he was kind of messing you know so yeah, I, just yeah, took, yeah. I just took him up on it and it was just um he, he only uses it now really as like a kind of a compile thing like uh maybe after he wins it, it might come on but um, for the first for the first twelve or thirteen fights, it was his ring walk, and it was just su- such an honor, you know, because I'd be up at like half four in the morning watching the link on uh, Facebook of him fighting the MGM Grand in Las Vegas and hearing my music coming through the speakers. It's just amazing, you know.
0: Yeah, he's part, Is he still kind of connected to the Golden Boy Promotions, the Oscar De La Hoya stuff, or has he moved away from that now? Do you know? Or? And he's got a fifty-fifty deal now
1: um with them, and then um, what's the name of the gym in Sheffield? Um,
0: Uh, Yeah. Brendan ingle would it be? Yeah, that's it. In one. Yeah, yeah I remember that was one of the first books I ever read was about Brendan ingle Um The Prince and the Paddy. Prince Nazim, uh, who who back in the day was was the man and when it came when it came to boxing, um, but obviously taught by by uh by Brendan ingle you know. Um one of the first books I ever read. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, man. And you know, you said that you got a bit fanboyish around him, did like have you had them moments much in your career? Is there anyone else that you've kind of got a bit starstruck by? Or
1: uh, Yeah, I'd say the biggest disaster of my life was uh, when I met Dave Grohl. Uh, we were playing at the, the Oxygen Festival uh, in Ireland, and we were on the main stage, and they were the headliners. And um, we all kind of shared the same big, huge Dressing room, marquee area, and I was just walking down the hallway. Next thing I could see, like Dave Grohl walking toward me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, this is like when I was like thirteen years old. I used to just like used to listen to Nirvana album on repeat, you know. And um, for me to see him, and for some reason, uh, I just knew that a lot of the time he would get very upset if anybody would mention Nirvana. You know, he just wanted to do his own thing. As you know, as life goes on, he wants to be just Dave Grohl, the food Fighters, and don't stop mentioning Kurt Cobain. And I just got this mad. Like rotational circle in my head, like a lunatic going, "Don't say Corkaben, don't say Corkaben, don't say Corkaben, don't say And uh, he walked up to me, and uh, I was like, uh, "I was like, hey, great, great to meet you, you know." And uh, trying not to go, Kirk Cobain Kirk Corkaben, Cobain, Kirk Cobain you know. And uh, he was like, oh, "Hey, hey, dude, how are you?" And he goes, "Are you on the bill today?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah we're on now in about an hour with a young Irish band called The Revs." He was like, "Oh, cool." And he leaned up against the the wall, like to have a big conversation, put his foot back on the wall, but so. Like at this stage, you know, in life, I should probably have Dave Grohl's mobile number. We should have went for Guinness that evening. But <laughs> he leaned back, he leaned back to chat to me, and I was so freaked. I went, "Okay, see you later," and walked oh, on, oh, and man. Left, him, left him hanging in the hallway. And you, I could see him in the corner of my eye, like in disbelief, going, "Shit, this little prick just left me hanging." You know, but it was actually it was an anxiety thing, you know, where like I knew I would have went. What was Kurt Cobain like?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> you know, yeah verbal diarrhea man you can't help exactly. it you know yeah um yeah no that must have been uh and, and funnily enough we um me and sarah when we were living in lanzarote so do you remember simon kelly um he was what he was working as a pr i think he's now doing the kind of jet skis kind of things but he was a, a lanzarote lad you'll you'll know him oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry yeah exactly yeah, yeah. right so Um, he is a huge Foo Fighters fan, um, Dave Grohl fan, and he had a huge um, canvas of Dave Grohl and he... It probably wasn't safe where like he'd had it for a long time. Um, and we had Noah and he was still living the life that we lived before I had Noah, right? Um so he was like, Do you mind looking after this and putting it up on the wall for me? And and I'll take it back off you then in a in a little while. I'd say we had it for about four years, five years, that that picture. And Noah used to stare up at it. And uh it was funnily enough, only the other day he's he he got on to me saying, Really enjoying the podcast, uh keep it up, it's really good. And then he and he sent a picture of that of the picture still up on the wall. He was like, Dave Grohl's still going strong up here man <laughs> um, yeah yeah. <laughs> um, the next song I'd like to talk about is again another favourite of mine and I think I remember us walking down towards the casino Talk you talking about wanting to do a bit of a dance tune and so little time I think is what came out of that is that correct yeah that would have been yeah well I How always did you, to do, uh, uh,
1: there were so many years between that but it was always a thing in my mind it was going I'm going to do a dance tune at some stage and you're right, you know, I've always said that, and that was my uh, little stab at it.
0: <laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. And yeah. uh, and again, kind of, you know, me and lyrics. Now I'm a man for kind of putting lyrics together. And and I was listening to that song earlier, and I was going downstairs, and Noah wasn't doing my home, his homework, and I was I was singing along to the theme of that, or, or to the to the the melody of that song, telling him to do his homework. You know. Um, but yeah, no, that's. Uh, it it it's uh it's very catchy and and i see kind of there on on sunday night you did it uh towards the end of the gig and uh that's when the 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 teacups and the glasses came out and and <laughs> the drumsticks came out um yeah. and i know you say that you don't feel those gigs have that live music experience and i can understand where you're coming from but i can tell you our house was up and down dancing that uh while that was happening um, mate. so that's um, to hear that
1: I think oh, it's I, be, after after years, you know, you know, playing live for twenty six, twenty seven years, you get so used to the circle of energy from the people, you know, and when it's just your phone in front of you, it could be disheartening sometimes. You know, it's so weird uh, when you finish a song, and it's just silence in the room that you're in, yeah.
0: you, you <laughs> but everyone at weird. home's going yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose the Zoom yeah. gigs would be good for that, right? You get the feeling and the and exactly. and the interaction. Yeah, you can hear, the, you can hear the claps, yeah, 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 yeah. Very <laughs> good. my <good>. problem. <laughs> isn't that an album song or uh, <laughs> uh, an album name my as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, It gets so addictive to where, like, um, you know, if you haven't gigged in a while, you know, you just miss that. Like, um, you don't realize that you have a little bit of an ego, but you miss finishing a song and like twenty people clapping. It's weird. It's like a little head yeah. <sighs> you know,
0: ah yeah, there it yeah, is. Like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh I'm sure there's been many a time you've had more than twenty people clapping, mate. I I've, <laughs> I've been in rooms where there's a lot more than twenty people clapping and cheering for you. So uh yeah, twenty'll do for now I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I've got two more songs on my list, mate, and I think they okay. kinda tie together, potentially. In yeah. my head they do. Yeah. Um One is Dumb Celebrity. Okay. The other is put your phone away yeah (laughs) and for me they can potentially tie together i think a lot of us are on our phones looking at dumb celebrities sometimes um (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, let's start with put your phone away how did that come about and what was the reason and 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 why did you feel the need to write that
1: i feel quite guilty about that song now because i wrote it when um i had this brilliant thing going on in my life where i still had like a nokia Thirty three ten, and this is this is two thousand and sixteen, you know, and I still use like uh, whatever the most I wouldn't be a thirty three ten. I'm exaggerating, but whatever the most basic phone movie star would have handed out over in Lansrodi, that was my phone. You know, it just about had snake on it. You know, I had no um, no Instagram, no Facebook, no nothing like that. Just calls and texts. That's all. That's the only way you can get me. And what I used to do was in my laptop in the morning with a coffee, sit down for two hours, do all the replies to the island bar gallagher's you know the music videos do all the work do all that and then i used to close the laptop and there'd be nothing happening until maybe six o'clock that evening flick open the laptop again do another hour and that was it and uh, i was just fascinated by all these people that were going around me like zombies and cafes and you know i'd meet up with my friends for a drink and three of them would be sitting there scrolling through the phones and i'd be like put the fucking phone away you know i'm trying like can we not be real here for a second you know and um and all of a sudden, uh, you know, because times just moved so harshly, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going. Okay, I really needed to get a smartphone, and I've ended up as bad as anybody now. Like, there's no. There, once you get into it, though, there's no turning back. You know.
0: No, no, so, like, that's it.
1: Like my screen screen time must be like four hours a day. You know, and it's just twenty minutes on, twenty minutes off. So, you know, and you just don't mean to do it, but you fucking do it. Like sometimes your kid almost slaps you across the face, going, "Daddy," <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, so they're the ones. They're the ones now, in their heads go and put your fucking
0: phone away. You know, yeah. Levi says it, Daddy. Phone down, Mummy. Phone down. Like I, mm-hmm. I want to play this. You know, it and and mm-hmm. kind of if if and I've noticed, especially with the start of this podcast. You know, I'm 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 on Instagram trying to promote this and follow that and follow this and gain mm-hmm. followers, and I'm doing it in a very old school way. Like I think yesterday was the first time I put a hashtag on anything, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, and I've probably got about eighty posts, and and first hashtag went up yesterday. Um, but yeah and and I've noticed that I'm doing it a bit more with because of this and, and I'm trying to do all the recording and everything like not in you know not in the time i normally spend with the kids you know it's kind of on my lunch break within me working hours or whatever yeah. the case may be um but there's i'm still spending a bit of time on the phone due to it um and i've tried to make a conscious effort when when my two-year-old is saying phone down i was like you really need to cop on here mate and, yeah. and maybe put this away for a bit you know um but yeah hey that's the reality is and and who you know he's he's just as bad as me i suppose like he's the only reason he wants to phone down is so he can pick it up and put it on youtube probably you know <laughs> exactly.
1: that's i think i think unfortunately like we're moving into that future time now where you know it's the age of aquarius you know that's the time that's coming where i think everything's going to become liquid you know i think we're going to become at one with our devices sadly mm. you know you yeah know, yeah yeah be, it might be the stage in like uh, two generations where they've almost got it in their um Contact lenses, you know, and then they just know how to trigger things through their fingers and you know and movements and you know mm. the. the, the you, speak, you know, I might as a grandfather think my grandkid's speaking to me, but he's not. He's speaking to somebody in California, you know. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Without exactly. a device in his hand or against exactly. his ear. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think like I think that time is coming, unfortunately, and uh, you know the only thing is like I would have had no income in the last six weeks only for that kind of technology. So it's good yeah, and yeah.
0: bad. Of course it is, man. And I think that's something I'm trying to, we're trying to be conscious of as well as parents in the fact that as much as we think, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. I like, I don't, when I was a kid, I didn't play the exact same games that my parents played as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, times are changing and I think we need to, as much as I'd love my kids to be out kicking a football rather than be on a screen. You know, none of their mates are out kicking football with them. Do you know what I mean? They're all on (laughs) screens and interacting that way. So, you know, if you want them to be social, then it's probably going to be technology-led, that social social interaction these days. So I think it's a a balance that both us as parents need to maybe not push our kids to do what we did all the time, but at the same time not let them spend every hour of the day staring at that screen, you know? Um, What's
1: been so valuable in the lockdown is the family walks. I found seeing all the movies out walking and just breathing in the fresh air. And that, that's going to get into the kid's psyche. We're like, we might not have had time to do that before the pandemic, you know? So, oh my God, we've actually managed to
0: go 45 minutes without mentioning COVID. There we go. 49 <laughs> minutes, mate. And we, it's the first mention, but there we go. Well, that's not bad, is it? That's not bad. Um, As we're at 49 minutes, I'll start wrapping up. Rory, the last song I'd like to talk about is, is the Dom Celebrity. Cause again, another one of my favorites and, and, quite an open and honest song, but with a bit of fun or, or a bit of self depreciation about it to a degree, I think. Um, yeah. where did that come from?
1: Uh, that came from the, the time of Jimmy's one of matches where, you know, I'd, I'd find myself getting asked to do these like, um, cheesy type, uh, you know, TV, radio things, just like, uh, glossy magazines, all that. And it happened before with the revs and, you know, if, and, and when it happened again, it was kind of like, you know, Jesus, like, you, you know, it's hard to explain, but like I kind of went like, do I really want to go down this route again? Like, do I want to be like um, throwing in with you know? I was asked, getting asked to do gigs with like the 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 guys from Geordie Shore,
0: you know, things oh, like uh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I wasn't getting asked to do anything with Glenn Whelan or not not Glenn Whelan, Glenn <laughs> <laughs> York, Of
0: All the footballers in the world you could pick. <laughs> I was thinking Whelan's in Dublin <laughs> and Glenn Hunter.
1: I just went there with Glenn Whelan. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hendrick never called me once either. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. So I was like, you know, there is totally different things where there's, um, you know, people that want to just be famous for the sake of it, you know, and then people that really want to do something. And and uh, speaking of COVID again, I think, you know, if this goes on for a year. That's really going to have such a huge impact on this where people are really starting to appreciate people that have put years in at college, you know, doctors, nurses, uh, valuable people, you know, I'm sure like the likes of Kardashians, Instagram, following it or not following, but the attention that's been paid to them is just plummeted and rightly so is what use are they, you know? And, uh, you know, and they're like uh, people that have a trade you know, carpenters, you know, good people, people that can do something, you know, like, uh, even if you are a celebrity, but if you're a musician, they put the work in and put the craft in, I think it's coming around to that, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think uh, we've all opened our eyes to who are the important people in society are uh, doctors, nurses, frontline workers, rather than, you know, instagram models and 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 footballers you know um now don't get me wrong i'm fucking missing football massively mate and i cannot wait for it to come back um and i'm happy they they can get paid as much as they want to entertain me right but i think in reality when 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 you see in frontline work like i saw something the uh was it yesterday and it was like any frontline worker for the nhs that dies of covid 19 their family get a 60 grand payout and someone put a comment underneath and isn't it a shame we just can't give them fucking 60 grand a year yeah you know mm-hmm. for their job. Um so I think that's the kind of the the I think that's been a big eye opener for everyone which is a great thing. Um and and long may that continue after this kind of pandemic, you know. Um mm-hmm. Rory I'm I'm delighted with how this has gone. We're at 52 minutes now. Um mm-hmm. I, we've I didn't think I'd get through all of these songs that I had written down and we certainly have. Um so that's I'm I'm delighted with that. Um so wrapping up again just to remind everyone Rory in the Island uh Zoom gigs cds for sale lps for sale um exactly. you know anything that they 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 require is there i saw the you know um i saw that the zoom obviously the zoom gigs now are booked out on on the saturdays but um there's still there's still plenty of slots available for you right i assume
1: oh yeah yeah if, you're like, if you just have like a house party on a friday or something and if you have two weeks advance just drop me a, a message and you never know you know something that could work and uh I need the work.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and yeah. Um, any other kind of new songs in the pipeline or is there any kind of any any new material that's been worked on over the last since we last spoke or ideas uh, no, that you're working on?
1: The last thing I probably wrote was that um, actually the funny question to ask. Uh, the last thing I wrote was called It's a Conspiracy and it's about all the conspiracy nuts. And um, I think because it was sarcastically written. Somebody reported it to Facebook and thought I was being serious, and you know, I was just on about five G and Bill Gates trying to rape me and all this, and, and uh, basically it got pulled off Facebook, and uh, so, i mean, like, and, and then they, they give me a warning, so I was kind of like, I don't ever want to put it back up again because I can't lose my Facebook page, you know? No but way, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. And then once I told people, then all the people. That I was trying to give a dig to. This was they were in their element then. They were like, "See, we told you, we told you, yeah. the man's on to get you. They are on to you. They, they,
0: <laughs> send it over to me, mate. I'll share it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> my Facebook can be taken down, mate. It don't matter. I've got about four followers: me, man, me sister, and me, man, and me missus. Yeah, no, all, <laughs> all good. Um, one of my, my
1: favourite verses from it was something like." Um, uh david ike is jesus christ he's going to save us all but when he played for coventry he couldn't save the fucking ball
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's from the isle of wight originally man i used to live down there <laughs> and play football down there and his, his son was playing uh on on a team that we were playing against and saw him on the sideline you know um yeah. and i had a, no idea who he really was at that time and it was only someone saying that's the guy who believes in lizards i was like what i need to look this up but yeah yeah he was a, he's a quirky character all right yeah. Next cool well, is... re- yeah no really enjoyed it mate thanks very much um i aim to release this on monday i've got one there that i recorded that's in the bag that i'm going to release on friday and then i'm hoping to release this on monday so um if you want people to have a have a listen and, and hear some background mm-hmm. about the song if you want to mention it on sunday night i'll be delighted mm-hmm. that'll It'll do me do me the world of good um no and and uh, yeah, obviously I'll tag you in in socials and stuff like that. And on the Facebook page, what I might try and do is is like what I've so not on the Facebook page. Sorry, on the YouTube channel, what I've been doing lately is the the conversation, anything that we bring up. So maybe kind of you know album covers and things like that. Would you be okay for me to put them up and and so there's a bit of visualization for it as well? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, lovely no stuff. Problem. Cool perfect rory thanks very much for your time today mate really really enjoyed it and uh best of luck with the zoom gigs and uh i look forward to sunday night for for a session and uh i'll we will be on to you uh the old Kiefs and the gores will be on to you about getting a, a zoom session set up soon perfect
1: be a pleasure thanks for you nick
0: cheers bud take care man take it easy bye bye